0: Welcome to episode 6 of Mortgage Genomics. I'm your host, Marco Gello. we're going to connect with John Durrell, our Calgary real estate expert, and get his thoughts on the new rental suite policy that has just recently passed. Basically, it's an application or approval procedural change. So rather than presenting to the city council with your intent to rezone for rental suite permission, the homeowner is now streamlined straight to the planning department. So we'll talk about the recent announcement and whether or not it would be a value add when it comes to the market price of a home. Also, we'll discuss the challenges in the $600,000 to $1 million price band in Calgary and offer up some tips on how to prepare as a seller. And of course, give you some insight on how to approach this range as a buyer. Then we'll conclude with John's real estate pick of the day. And for this episode's Mortgage Minute, the topic is prepayment mortgage privileges. So listen and learn about the allowable options contained right in your mortgage contract that allow you to make direct payments toward your principal without incurring any penalties or fees. And now let's hear what John Durrell had to say. of Calgary Council recently voted on a new system for secondary suite applications for those seeking approval uh of their basement suite so I read about this in the paper, John like just uh, last week I think this announcement came up that's correct and what is um uh, I'm not certain what the entire area that this encompasses for for calgary homes uh you know who who which areas can can end up having this uh suite eligibility but what does this do to the value of a home so especially if it now includes a suite that can generate an income
1: yeah so a couple different areas of matter on this um it affects the whole entire city of calgary first of all and it 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 affects two things one is is that um the process has changed of how they deal with it. And the the way that the city dealt with um, these sorts of requests previously was uh, you would have to go in and uh, put in um, a request for a a land use designation, redesignation, and it would have to be put in front of city council. So that means all the council people, the mayor and everybody would sit down, review each individual uh, request and vote on it. And so it was a very time consuming and encumbering sort of a process for both the the city um, councillors and the person looking to get the redesignation. So the process now changes it uh, from city council dealing with it to the city's planning department. Okay. So it's taken off uh, their hands. So it's going to free up a lot of time for the council people to do what they need to do uh, on other, other matters for the city of Calgary. So that's a good thing in terms of how that's done. Um, they, I believe, tried to overgloss, or certain people in the council tried to overgloss <clears throat> the bigger concern and what the major change is, is that previously anyone who had an R1, an RC1 or RCL property, which is you know um, residential one dwelling. Um, would have to go through this process of the full redesignation which was approved by City Council now all R1 RC1 areas are deemed uh, secondary suites are now discretionary use so what that means is is that any R1 area can now have a secondary suite put in if it meets the certain criteria of um, uh, the development requirements by the City of Calgary one they want to make sure that know the secondary units are safe and meet building code and all that but they now do not require a land use redesignation so it's a major major step and so it's probably angered not probably it has angered a lot of people who have purchased properties in r one areas for the purposes of not having to not you know knowing full well that really at some point in time in the future there's not going to be higher densification because there's not rental suites and everything that comes along with that, you know, basement suites, uh, backyard, uh, garage suites, all of that, you know, there's parking, there's more people, you know, there's uh, a, thing, a lot of things that affect that. And so, you know, people in that land use designation are probably a little perturbed by it right now. The long-term effects of it, I don't know how it's gonna play out. Um, the One good thing is is that the city doesn't have to be tied up with the council people taking a look at all that stuff. Uh, in terms of values, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> we're at a couple different areas, right? Because we've got areas of the city that are already sort of a lot of secondary suites, higher rental uh, capacity and stuff like that. So, you know, in those areas, uh, you know, it might make things a little bit more valuable. Um, in other areas, um, R1, one areas and if we get into the luxury portion of that tough to say how that's going to affect the values because um, you know there's not a lot of people buying those homes with the intent for renting out a suite they're not looking for mortgage helpers and things like that that you know that might change uh, you know once things sort of once it comes out the new norm you know maybe it's a year maybe it's two years we'll see how that plays out but uh, I don't know how it will affect overall the values of property in R1 designated areas currently.
0: Yeah, no, and that that's kind of what I was gathering as well. So, um, you know, maybe as this thing rolls out and, and the economy improves, maybe that might be something down the road where you might see some sort of uh, uh, value add to your property. But I think yeah. certainly if you do end up having a uh, going through the process and having that permit officially done on your, let's say, illegal, half duplex uh, you know with the basement suite, you know I think it might for the most part just make that that property a little bit more attractive if not for value, but you know just for the uh, for for having it officially done and completed on your property.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it'll help there. Um, you know it's important to note for anybody who's looking to potentially get a property and or create a secondary suite that they still have to meet all the building code and requirements there. Uh, with the city in order for it to be deemed legal. So just uh, to make sure that uh, you know people are aware of that because it's not like you can just go in and put in a suite and say, hey, here's a secondary suite. It would still be deemed illegal if you don't meet all those other criteria. Um, and also it's important to note that it doesn't mean your, your request for the redesignation um, will be approved right away. There is still um, uh, a process where the community associations and neighbors are given the opportunity to provide comments during the development permit review process. Uh, A decision on a discretionary development permit may be appealed as well. So, you know, uh, it's not um, just gonna happen just like that, it's discretionary, um, but now it's open, that discretion is open to all our uh, C1, R1 uh, lots, and the way that it's processed
0: is much easier. Right. And, and even there, there is a, a obviously a cost involved to it as well. I, and if I, if I read correctly, I think it was $5,000 when it's all said and done to get that permit.
1: Yeah. So to get that, um, uh, the development permit fee is waived until June 1st, 2020, uh, just as an FYI. Um, so if that's what you're referring to, that won't be there for yeah. that. The process used to cost... Um, quite a bit, so that they're waiving that fee until
0: 2020. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Cool. So yeah, I don't see that being a big issue as of now, with a uh, vacancy rental rate being just under seven percent. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this in the coming months, in the coming years, and and see how it plays out. But um, shift gears here on in February, sales were down, but so were listings. So as a result, the impact of the, the slower sales activity was somehow mitigated, however, one of the largest declines in sales activities was in the 600000 to $1 million range, so how, how should a seller prepare if they are in this range, John?
1: Yeah, so um, it is a very fickle market and um, you could. Without waiting for the numbers to come in from CREB, at the end of uh, February, you could feel it out there. Things uh, have definitely slowed down. Um, There's a lot of traffic. So, you know, I've got listings that we've been getting a lot of traffic, uh, some interest, um, but not a lot of, there's no offers, nobody coming in and biting right now. Um, There's very little movement in some of those areas I keep continually running reports for all my listing clients, Um, you know, if I could give you a cheesy fishing analogy, how would you prepare for that? Um, you know, if you're out fishing for buyers and all the sellers are using the same bait and nothing is happening, you're gonna have to use different bait to attract those buyers in. Um, so, you know, what does that mean? And um, what I like to call it is sort of the three P's and, and this is what I do with my listing uh, clients and that is, um, you know, first of all, it's preparation. <clears throat> so you, you've got to create a full strategy based upon the current and correct market data, first of all, um, and then uh, understand what it is that the seller wants to achieve and by when. Based on collecting all of that data, you gotta cr- create a strategy going forward. <clears throat> and the second part of that coming out is the presentation, right? This is There's two things that a seller controls, uh, presentation and position, and position being the third part of the piece. Um, presentation is, is, okay, well, what are you going to do to make your property um, look like a show home? You've got to present it in the best possible light that your property could be presented with, and that would mean, you know, staging it, uh, you know, painting, potential repairs, um, anything that's going to make your house stand out from the the, the properties that you're competing with. Now let's just say everything's apples and apples, depending on your community and depending on your price point. Um, well then it's the other part of that, and that's position. How are we gonna position the property in terms of the price point within the current market? You know, if you've got a if you've got to make a move by a certain time frame and there's six months of inventory in that price range in your market based on the current absorption rates, well, how are you gonna overcome that? You know, so presentation position and preparation. Those are the three fundamentals of making sure that you're putting your property on the market at the right place.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm 100% with that. I mean, to our listeners, I've just been through this experience. Uh, John, we just recently sold my place. Uh, I had a house in Calgary since 2008 and we finally uh, uh, sold it at the end of January here, so not long ago, a couple of months ago. But yeah, we followed everything to a T and it did, it absolutely felt Um, like a strategic approach so we did quite a bit of research to price the property where we where we thought it should be listed at Uh, we did we did some minor work on the property just some minor upgrades we did some paint and uh, some minor renovations inside and uh, yeah we got I'm completely satisfied with the price I think we were like 93% of our list price which was uh, awesome so yeah uh, good tips and
1: there. Back the exact percentages uh, I think you might have been higher than that in terms of the sale to list price ratio but you know if we go back to that specifically we had a lot of traffic on that as well uh, you know it was, it was presented as best as it could it was priced well and um, you know we got a lot of traffic with that but did you know take a little bit of time still to get that person to come in and bring in an offer um, and that's indicative of um, You know how the how fickle the buyers are right now. So that was successful for sure. Um, You know, I know that some other people are struggling right now. We're seeing a lot of reductions right now. Uh, So you know, you've really got to hit the mark right off the top in order to be successful.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I was just doing the math here while you were talking there. So, uh, 97% of the list price is what we fetch there. So. Nice job, buddy. And and to uh, we were also fighting another barrier and that was uh, we were selling it during Christmas like I mean I think it was, that's when we listed it in a couple of weeks after so it was a quick sale. I think we had a uh, 30 to 40 days and we were done.
1: Yeah, yeah. All in all it was below the market averages for days on market.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. So um, one more thing, why don't you share with the listeners your top real estate pick of the day. So I know you got a ton of listings. Uh, Share one with us.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got two new listings that are coming on the market that I'm really excited about Um, in Calgary. One is coming on in Douglasdale. Um, It's a 22, just over 2200 square feet above grade, fully developed basement. Uh, It's four bedrooms above grade. Uh, which is rare, and they're really a great size. Um, Quiet street, mature trees, it's freshly painted, new hardwood, new carpet, uh, new hot water tank. The uh, entire exterior was updated about five years ago, and it's coming on at a great value of 575,000, right in the heart of Douglasdale, really nice quiet spot. Yeah, great community. Yeah, great community. Um, Then I've got another one, this is in the luxury category. This is another exceptional um, area, Altador. so inner city. Uh, This one is a little bit special though. It's a full R1 on a 50 foot lot. It was built in 2007. It was a uh, custom built luxury home. It's got almost 3,800 square feet of professionally developed living space. Uh, It's on a full 50 foot west backing lot. Um, and on one of the most desired streets in all of Elador, uh, it's fifteen a street. So there's actually no through traffic there. comes to a T intersection, so very little traffic. Um, this property um, has uh, a total of five bedrooms, three and a half baths, a uh, huge master suite with a gas fireplace uh, in there, uh, a full-on suite that's uh, you know spa-like. The uh, main floor has, um, a great vaulted living room with 18-foot uh, fireplace uh, stone fascia. It's really nice. Uh, it's got a oversized double garage that was built in the back, and it has about uh, $100,000 worth of landscaping in there as well. And this is coming on the market next month at $1,450. Uh,
0: great property. Wow! No, I love Altador. Great community. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for coming on the program again here today. And uh, let's catch up here really soon, uh, probably in a few weeks here. I want to get an idea of what's going on in the spring market in Calgary. So thank you, John. Take care, bud. Hey,
1: you're welcome. Thanks, Marco.
0: The minute. Mortgage prepayment options are part of every mortgage contract. They allow you the flexibility to increase your mortgage payments or make lump sum payments against the principal of your mortgage without penalty. The conditions and terms are typically enclosed within the first few pages of your mortgage commitment. The lump sum limit which you could pay against your principal without being penalized is calculated as a percentage of your start mortgage balance. This percentage can range from 0% to as high as 25%. For example, if you signed for a mortgage of $400,000 with a lender that had prepayment privileges of 15%, this would mean that you could contribute $60,000 on an annual basis directly towards your principal without incurring any penalties or fees, and you can do so on any regular scheduled payment date for the life of the mortgage. The ability to increase your payments is another common prepayment option. In most cases, lenders will allow you to increase your regular scheduled payment by at least 10% and as high as 100% throughout the prescribed term of your mortgage. One cautionary note though, oftentimes during discounted rate offerings, many lenders will eliminate the prepayment privileges within the contract, among other things such as increased payout penalties remember to always read the fine print of your mortgage commitment and don't hesitate to contact me directly if you'd like a second opinion on the one you're about to sign i'm marco gello and this is the mortgage minute all right well that's a wrap i hope you got value out of today's episode if you're in calgary and in need of a real estate expert don't hesitate to reach out to john Durrell of maxwell canyon creek you can find him at johndurrellrealty.ca, so that's john d-a-r-e-l realty.ca we will also find his informative blogs and feature listings and of course feel free to reach out to me if you'd like to discuss anything we talked about in greater detail or any other mortgage-related matter, you can find me at marcogello.com. That's Marco with the K G E L O.com. Or follow me on Facebook by searching Mortgage Anomics Canada Podcast. Also, please don't hesitate to share and tell your friends about Mortgage Anomics Canada. The more listeners, the better. Thanks again for your time. Talk to you later. I'm the guy with no faith left.